1: it's the Larry Kudlow show free market prosperity starts here now here's Larry Kudlow hello folks I'm Larry Kudlow welcome to the Larry Kudlow show great pleasure to be with you broadcasting from the studio here in the center of Manhattan the ABC radio great pleasure so, listen, during the week, you can catch us, Fox Business. Name of the show is Cudlow. Fox Business, 4 to 5 p.m. Every day, Monday through Friday. Can't make it at 4. Just text your favorite 9-year-old, and she will show you how to DVR the show. Never miss a thing. And here, you can live stream us over the Internet, LarryCudlowShow.com, LarryCudlowShow.com. You can hear throughout the country, around the globe, the entire solar system, including the Milky Way, every place. So Iowa caucuses tomorrow. Big story. We'll spend some time with it. We got uh, some great political commentary at the half hour. Joe Concha, Mark Simone, John McIntyre, Real Clear Politics will stop by. Roger Stone's going to stop by later in the show. I'll just say this. um, This past week, we had the Fox. We had the Fox Trump town hall out in Iowa. And uh, that was the same night. Basically, the same time as the um, as the last debate with uh, Nikki Haley and uh, Ron DeSantis. And my argument, uh, you may have heard it. I made it on the TV show, but I'm going to make it again. New numbers coming in suggest that I might just have this right, maybe. I know these are polls and not votes, but the Daily Mail got a poll taken and showed for that whole night, basically Trump on the one side and Haley and uh, DeSantis on the other. Trump 47, DeSantis 28, Haley 19. Now, that has uh, some corroboration in a St. Anselm's poll in New Hampshire that came out uh, this morning or last night. We'll get John McIntyre, Real Clear Politics, to walk us through all this later in the show. But it looks like uh, the movement for Haley stopped. Trump picked up a couple points in that poll course, uh, Chris Christie dropped out. Sayonara. Actually, Ron DeSantis had a better night. I mean, here's what happened. Trump looked presidential, sounded presidential, stayed on message with key policies. Whereas DeSantis and Haley just kind of fried each other's brains out. That's all they did. Just fried each other. Looked awful. Now, Trump... The Trump-Fox Town Hall thing had over twice as many viewers, according to Nielsen polls. But whatever, they did not distinguish themselves, whereas former President Trump did. And so my argument is that Trump reached a turning point in his campaign. Now, let me go back because uh, listeners will know, I've talked about this before, One of Trump's turning points was not quite a year ago. I don't remember exactly when it was, but he did a so-called CNN town hall. Uh, The CNN lady, I've forgotten her name. um, She just basically tried to attack Trump for an hour, but Trump did very well. That night, I'll call it a year ago. It's not quite a year ago. I think it was back in March, but whatever. Trump gave a virtuoso performance on the issues. He talked issues, got a tremendous ovation. She asked him, she asked him, what are you going to do about inflation and the cost of everything? And Trump said, drill, baby, drill. And the crowd went wild. And then he said, I'm going to cut taxes. And I'm going to deregulate. The crowd went wild the second time. The reason I say that is that was the former president putting his best policy message foot forward. And people heard it. It Wasn't a ton of people, but as I recall, three and a half, four million people dialed up CNN. They never get those kinds of numbers, but they did that night last winter. And all this year, Mr. Trump has talked issues. Now, sometimes when he comes out of court, I mean, all these, you know, Biden legal war, two-tiered justice system, election interference, Mr. Trump has to talk legal, but he didn't that night, and he hasn't really he hasn't really talked that much about those legal grievances anyway. He stayed on message. So that night with the CNN thing almost a year ago, and he's run a great issues campaign, and it shows. And I think that's why his polls have consistently led, and he's widened his lead in most cases, certainly nationally. He's over 50%. Now, this past week, Thursday, no, Wednesday night, uh, we had Brett Baer on the TV show Thursday evening to talk about it. And I thought Brett did a good job. I thought Martha McCallum did a good job. But my point is, another turning point was reached. He was asked, Mr. Trump was asked about the issue of retribution against his uh, political enemies. And he said, I'm not going to have time for retribution. We're going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And remember this, our ultimate retribution is success. It was a blockbuster answer. Very similar to Drill Baby Drill a year ago because people were not expecting it. Now, Mr. Trump had plenty of other good moments in that town hall. He gave a very sophisticated, nuanced abortion response, basically saying, look, I'm the one who nominated the judges who moved the court against Roe v. Wade. But he said, we have to be careful. We have to have Reagan exclusions uh, for the life of the mother, rape and incest and so forth. These are good answers, not extreme answers. We have to stop late-term abortion or even after-birth abortion. But basically, I think, I'm not going to have time for retribution. We are going to make this country so successful again. I'm not going to have time for retribution. And remember this, our ultimate retribution is success. And I think he really carried the day with that. And so I'm not surprised that polls coming out of that evening show him increasing his lead. I would say this. I think Haley had some momentum in New Hampshire, but I think her disastrous debate with DeSantis stopped the momentum. Now the poll showed that. That was the St. Anselm's poll. I think Trump will win handily in Iowa, and he will carry over and win handily in New Hampshire. Whether Nikki Haley drops out of South Carolina, I don't know, but Trump will win South Carolina. It's almost a firewall state for him. But he talked about other things. Look, in the town hall debate, these are familiar Trump themes, but very important. Nobody communicates these things better. Opening the fossil fuel spigots to produce more liquid gold, as he called oil and gas, liquid gold. Which would, of course, lower inflation. Lower prices. Lower food prices. Lower electricity prices. Lower gasoline prices. Stop Russia from making money. Stop Iran from making money. And waging war. Day one, he's going to close the border. Restore, remain in Mexico. Title 42. Build the wall. Start deporting illegals. Successes from his first term. He will cut taxes. He will extend the Trump tax cuts. He will wipe out Biden's regulatory assault on small businesses and elsewhere. He teased people. He said he knows whose vice presidential pick is going to be, but he ain't talking just yet. We'll see. And then the is about chaos. You know, Nikki Haley loves to talk about the chaos surrounding Trump not trump's chaos joe biden's launched the chaos unprecedented legal attack on your principal competitor in a presidential year and everything's coming out of the white house you see what's going on down in atlanta georgia sex lies and videotape i call it fanny willis the prosecutor she's the local d.a And she goes out with this guy. I'm going to talk more about this later. I don't want to step in my own lines. But she pays this guy uh, $700,000 almost. They go on vacations around the world. He's never had any prosecutory experience. This affair broke up the marriage. So this uh, whole thing is going to be deposed in a divorce courtroom. (laughs) And this will probably pause or end the entire racketeering Rico lawsuit which was orchestrated by the biden white house turns out that her lover the prosecutor with no experience who was paid whatever 650 plus grand he spent hours and hours in the biden white house as did here in new york letitia james hours and hours being coached by the biden white house we know this factually now this is called chaos trying to keep trump off the ballot in colorado Maine, wherever. By the way, you see all these things this week. Other states tried and was thrown out by courts. But this is the chaos caused by Joe Biden. Jack Smith's chaos. Trying to deny free speech. All kinds of chaos. Trump didn't bring this. Biden brought this. Nasty, mean, unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. Anyway, Trump was able to get those points across very, very well. And I'll say one other thing. Uh, my pal, Mark Simone, who will be on uh, at the half hour. When Trump was president the first time, remember, they were, they started the Russian hoax during the 2016 campaign. It was all nonsense, BS, made up out of whole cloth. Made up comes out of Hillary Clinton's campaign. They paid former CIA people to spread disinformation. Trump never went after Hillary. There was no retribution. He let it go. He could have gone after her. How many emails did she erase? 3,000? I don't even know what the number is. Trump never went after James Comey after what he did. He never went after Peter Strzok of the FBI or Strzok's girlfriend, Lisa Page, who wreaked havoc. Trump didn't go after Adam Schiff. He let it all go. So don't talk about retribution. It's the Democrats' retribution, Joe Biden's retribution. So he did well for himself Wednesday night, a few days before the voting in Iowa and New Hampshire. New Hampshire comes a week after Iowa. And I think it was a turning point in the campaign. And I'm glad of it. I'm glad of it. We need economic growth. We need peace and prosperity. We need to stop the wars. We need to be tough around the world. I call it Trump tough. We need to close the border. We need to stop the Biden insanity. Former President Donald Trump did a good job this past week. Could be a turning point in his entire campaign. I'm Kudlow. We'll take a break. More on the other side.
0: Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price of participation vary. Terms apply. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show.
1: Welcome back, folks. One more point about the Iowa story is this uh, Iowa cold story. Iowa cold. Yeah, it's going to be really cold. Could be below freezing. In fact, there's a cold snap across the country, and I I have no doubt Iowans are going to vote and caucus anyway because they know it's January. It's always cold. It's always cold. The only person that doesn't understand it's cold in the winter is John Kerry, and it's warm in the summer, hot in the summer. August hot, Iowa cold. But I just want to say that, you know, the The Washington Post ran a pretty good story on this with a cold snap across the country in the Midwest, particularly the far west. Montana could be minus 40 degrees. That's what they're talking about. But my point is a larger point. I'm not worried about people caucusing in Iowa. I'm just saying. There is no emergency about global warming. There is no immediate emergency. You know, not too long ago, 1,400 scientists petitioned the U.N. I think there were several Nobel Prize winners. No immediate emergency. You know, maybe over the next hundred years, maybe. Or maybe man-made warming is not an issue. But the point is you get these big cold snaps. Where's John Kerry during the cold snap? Why doesn't he acknowledge that it's cold as hell? Minus 40 in Montana. Holy cow. I was married in Montana. My saintly wife is in Montana. The point is, like the Big Freeze cover of Time magazine back in the 70s. And it's so great. You know, these stories. Ordinary folks reject all this craziness about, about global warming. And, you know... This whining by the administration, by the Bidens and John Kerry. You can't have air conditioners. You can't have ceiling fans. You can't have coal-fired uh, pizza here in New York. Blah, 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 blah. This terrible, silly, utter nonsense jamming stuff down our throats. Great story this week. Hertz, the rental car people, right? Hertz. Joe Biden singled them out. He, There were model citizens because they bought a whole bunch of electric vehicles, EVs. Made in China, of course. Well, wait a minute. This week, they said, wait for it. Hold on. Nobody wants to rent EVs. So they had to sell 25,000 EVs and lost 250 million bucks in the process. People want gasoline-powered cars. They are not crazed about global warming. They don't buy into it. They know it gets very hot in the summer and very cold in the winter. There's no socialist Green New Deal. Look, the whole idea of an urgent, immediate global warming is a hoax. I'm just going to, it's a hoax. The socialist Green New Deal is a hoax. Spend a trillion dollars or more of taxpayer money for what? For stuff that people don't want. And by the way, winds up helping China. Now, mind you, I'm not opposed to electric vehicles, right? I mean, I'm the really like Elon Musk and Tesla. But I'm just saying give people a choice. Don't tell them what they can't buy and not buy. Whether it's stealing fans or gas powered cars, give them a choice. So I'm just saying Iowa cold, global warming not. I'm Kudlow. We got Simone and Concha on the other side talking a little politics. Stay with us, folks. It's a terrific Saturday. It's a great day to be alive. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow, <clears throat> talking about Iowa. frog in my throat. Been sneezing and coughing all week, fighting it back. Anyway, Iowa, New Hampshire, politics, sex lives and videotape down in hot land in Georgia. Oh, my gosh. Hunter Biden finally caved in and says, after his dumbass performance in front of Congress, I guess he's going to go and be... uh, uh, detained under oath anyway. Anyway, we've got Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger, and Fox News contributor and author of the book with the greatest title in history. <laughs> Come on, man. The truth about Biden's no good, horrible, very bad presidency and how to return America to greatness. How's that? And Mark Simone, Hall of Fame radio host, 710 WOR weekdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. gentlemen welcome back by popular demand mark simone a poll out very interesting polls are polls i know but polls are kind of fun especially when they agree with you but the daily mail did a poll after the wednesday night fireworks which was the trump fox town hall and the Nikki haley uh, Ron DeSantis, they fried each other's brains out, killing each other. Anyway, the Daily Mail did a poll for that night. 47% for Trump, 28 for DeSantis, 19 for Haley. Just shows you how far Haley. Her performance was so bad Wednesday night. And I will just add uh, St. Anselm's did a poll in New Hampshire. Uh, I think it was just out this morning or last night that showed Haley's so-called progress has stopped. So I'm going to ask, I, I mean, these are, poll- I don't know if these polls are any good or not. I don't have time to look at the insides of it. Uh, I'll leave that to my pal, John McLaughlin. But the point is, Mark, I think Trump, uh, Trump's position has actually been solidified by the events of the past week. And I think his performance could be a turning point in his own campaign. What you think?
2: No, I think Hillary, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Nikki. Uh, uh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> uh nikki hillary there uh is is in trouble because uh she's not a great debater she's a little better than desantis but that's not saying much and he's been very effective uh pointing out her lies he's been running commercials all over new hampshire and iowa uh, a montage of her saying one thing saying another thing contradicting herself these flip flops these lies she's kind of like john Kerry when he first showed up he was a very handsome, distinguished-looking, sort of a statesman-looking guy. Then as you got to know him, you realize he'd say anything, lie about this, lie about flip-flop on everything. She's got exactly the same problem. And once you get tagged with that, you can never get that stink off you. It'll be with her forever. And I think forever is about two more months, and then she's gone.
1: Rand Paul coming out. Never Nikki. Did you yeah. see that, Rand Paul? <laughs> nice guy, Rand Paul. I know him personally very well easygoing, good sense of humor, (laughs) never Nicky. Joe Concha, never Nicky? I don't know. What do you make of this story? Never Nicky? And did Trump solidify his position this past week?
0: Well, the first question, and regarding Rand Paul, look, that's not surprising. Rand Paul is very much like Donald Trump in terms of not wanting to get bogged down in foreign wars and all the money that goes along with it and obviously blood and treasure. So he aligns with Trump on that He doesn't align, obviously, with Nikki Haley on that, and that's one reason why when we hear uh, these these rumors that Trump is strongly considering Haley, I get why he would perhaps because of the the women's vote uh, and the abortion issue, but then once you get to that war part and the fact that Nikki Haley appears to be more pro-war, obviously, when it comes to Ukraine – than Donald Trump ever would be, uh, who wants to negotiate a peace there? Uh, then that's probably a non-starter at this point, as far as Haley being the VP. Uh, overall, Donald Trump going into the Iowa caucuses—I mean, will weather be a factor? Is a question. I mean, I, I'm you know reading you know ten below zero and blizzards and so on, uh, but I think that only favors Trump because Trump supporters, when it comes to loyalty, you can't find a more loyal group than those uh, behind the former president. Remember, he said he could go out to that and, Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and people would still support him. He was half kidding, but he probably was right. So, uh, it, it looks very. He'd good rather not Mario. bring
1: that up nowadays, but interesting point. I remember when he said that.
0: It was funny. Why am and I? And li- of course, MSNBC like goes ballistic. Like, oh my god!
1: Talking about murder. No, he's making an
0: analogy. But
1: fine, Scarborough. Go ahead. Oh god, that's great, <clears throat> Mark Simone. um there's an adjunct story here joe mentioned the weather uh everybody's talking about iowa's i I call it iowa cold uh whatever happened where's john kerry now that we need him mark iowa cold whatever happened to global warming i mean oh oh, wait a second it gets cold in the winter and hot in august but wait a second we're spending trillions of dollars in subsidies And by the way, Mark, there's a populist revolt against all this global warming stuff. Did you see the story about Hertz rental car? They sold off all the 25,000 electric vehicles, took a $250 million loss because none of their customers wanted to rent electric vehicles? Mark Simone, I ask you?
2: (laughs) Well, but the other part of that story uh another major reason to get rid of these cars is they're way too expensive to maintain it yes. costs a fortune to maintain them yes. and that's not something most people want to have to deal with that that added cost uh you know when they when they started the cell phones back in the 90s people kept their landline they preferred that but as they perfected the cell phone in the 2000s and it became so great hmm. everybody lined up for miles to get them. they dumped their landline in a second so if, if electric cars are going to work, it's going to have to do it organically. Make them better and better and better until they attract people. Get the costs cheaper and cheaper. But you can't force people into something that's ten, fifteen years away from even being ready to use. And uh, you know, John Kerry's going to Davos this week. They have that big mm. globalist conference where it's just covered a foot of snow everywhere they (laughs) noticed that every year for the last 20 years there's still the same amount of snow there nothing has changed every prediction these guys have made has turned out to be wrong go watch that al gore movie now you'll laugh your head off everything he predicts was going to happen in 10 years never happened wow
1: iowa cold you know it gets cold (laughs) in the winter what a revelation where is john where is he now now that we need him uh joe conscious that it, it, it gets cold in New Jersey, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, Not today, died. necessarily. Not today. But... I, I took down the
0: Christmas lights today, finally, because it was warm enough to do so. But we're going to have a snowstorm probably on Tuesday. Yeah, we have four seasons here. It's nice, and nothing has really changed since when I was growing up. But to your point, back to electric vehicles. Yeah, And, you know, we've talked about this. No one ever can explain how you charge these things if you live in an urban environment. Where are all the chargers? If I live in an apartment complex, I'll even say Hoboken, New Jersey, right? We had some pretty big apartment complex. Complexes there in the water where you can put 500, 1,000 people in some of these buildings because obviously the view is the best, some of the best in the world, you're going to put a 1,000 chargers then in that apartment complex in the garage that's below it? No. And who's paying for that? So this whole notion in New Jersey, by 2035, they're only going to sell electric cars. The first thing we should do, Larry, Mark, put our money together, and we open up a whole bunch of car dealerships in Pennsylvania right on the New Jersey border only selling cars that run on gas. We can make a fortune if John Fetterman and uh, the Democrats there don't stop us. But you know what I mean? Like, no one, it's all rhetoric, and no one lives in reality when it comes to these things. I I, I just, uh, again, Democrats, rhetoric is one thing. Oh, open the border. We welcome all of you. And then the reality sets in. Oh, our budgets are being blown up because we can't afford to take on all these people. Same thing goes for electric cars.
1: Well, that's a good point. Grouping them together, you're exactly right. Uh, You know, more, more movement, uh, on the road to bankruptcy for the federal government. Uh, you know, Mark Simone, you have said many times, and I still think it's true uh, Donald Trump uh, running on illegal immigration way back when he started in 2015, then 2016. Um, didn't have much on it in 2020 because his policies worked. Now he's running it on again. I'm reading this interesting story by Brett Stevens. I don't know if you saw it in the New York Times. Uh, Brett Stevens is a smart guy. Uh, he does not like Trump, and he says so, but he's a pretty conservative guy. Anyway, one of the things he writes about is, you know, the case for Trump by someone who wants him to lose. A very interesting essay. And he said, you know, Trump got it right on the border and immigration and lawlessness uh, and uh, falling wages and so forth. And uh, he said the elites and the liberals didn't understand it, but um, Trump did, and he's running on it again, and it's a powerful force, Mark Simone.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of issues, economy, all sorts of things, peace in the world, but the biggest issue in 2016, the one that put him over the top was the border, and he didn't have it in 2020. The problem has been contained, so you couldn't even use it in the election. That was the problem. The Democrats who want the open border for all kinds of reasons, didn't think about what it would do election wise. Mm. It brought this issue back bigger than ever. It's a bigger factor now than 2016. And it's now in all the urban areas in the cities, you know, the urban voters who might not have gone for Trump have seen the, the chaos and the uh, economic disaster it's causing. So uh, don't be surprised if some blue cities Mm. turn out a lot more Trump voters than uh, 2016.
1: There's a story on that. Um, I think it was, This morning's New York Post that uh, Trump's going to campaign in New York. I know this has come up before. Breitbart talked about this in their interview, Alex Marlowe's interview with Trump a week or two ago. But uh, he's going to make a run at some of these blue states. But the blue cities, Joe, as Mark just said, because people are absolutely fed up. Now, they want more money. I don't know if they want to close the border, but it all kind of gets mixed in. Uh, you know, to an anti-illegal immigrant um politics.
0: We all remember Ronald Reagan went to Harlem, right? people are like what are you don't going to Harlem? What are you crazy? Oh, campaigning there? Yeah. That, that was so smart, That's right? Now he didn't win New York, of course. Actually he did, now I think about it, nineteen eighty four, Ronald Reagan didn't win did it, win New York and it, California, he won forty-nine states. Mm-hmm. Uh so look, you look at Joe Biden's polling in New York, California, Illinois, and New Jersey. And even in those four states, his disapproval numbers are higher than his approval numbers. I mean, this is unthinkable. Mm. So... It's smart. It expands the map. It forces Joe Biden actually to campaign outside of somewhere. It's like he's running for president of Pennsylvania, right? The only time he campaigns, it's once a week, it's on a Friday, and it's in Pennsylvania. So you go to Delaware for the weekend. You can't win presidential elections by just winning Pennsylvania alone. So I think it's smart. Go ahead. Go for it. Because the black vote is leaving, and the Hispanic vote is leaving Joe Biden because of the immigration issue, because their jobs are being taken away and their kids are being taken out of school, being sent home to remote learning so we could put migrants in schools yeah. instead. and even in urban areas that's a big no-go we're that's treating some them, story illegals better than our own
1: citizens no yeah. you're right that's some story here in new york uh, these were i think joe these were low-income kids principally and they lost their spots so they have to do uh some kind of zoom or anyway yeah. out of the classroom you know you mentioned uh, fetterman as a throwaway before uh I'm not as big a fan, but I must say, Fetterman has come out with some very conservative leaning notions. Marks- Mark Simone, are you ready to convert Fetterman to uh, free market capitalism and lawful borders and lawful streets? I mean, Fetterman's surprising people. I don't trust Sutterman for a
2: second. If he came to your door selling something, would you buy it? I
0: just,
2: oh. you know, he's, he's stealing the uh, Joe Manchin playbook. Pretend you're a conservative here. Pretend oh. you're a Democrat there. Uh, try to cater to both sides. Uh, oh, I, Mark. He may be looking for that no labels uh, you're nomination. You're
1: crushing me, Mark. <laughs> I love converts. <laughs> it's a Joe Manchin convert. <laughs> All right. You too. Let's take a break. Going to come back. Got much more to do. Sex, lies, and videotape in Hotland, Georgia. That's one of them. And we'll talk some more about the primaries in New Hampshire. Joe Concha, columnist at The Messenger, Fox News contributor, author of Come On, Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good Presidency. Mark Simone, Hall of Fame radio host, 710WOR, weekdays at 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm Cudlow. We'll be right back. Larry Cudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. We are Talking Politics with Joe Concha. who's a columnist at The Messenger and a Fox News contributor and the author of the best title of the year, Come On Man, The Truth About Biden's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Presidency and How to Return America to Greatness. And Hall of Fame radio host Mark Simone, 710 WOR weekdays, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, Mark Simone, let's go to Georgia. Let's go to Atlanta. Used to be called Hot I don't think it's Hot anymore. But uh, Fanny Willis and her uh, paramour, lover, boyfriend, who it turns out, after getting all this money, whatever it is, six hundred fifty grand, seven hundred grand spent about eight hours in the White House getting coached on her racketeering RICO, which I think once again proves that all these attacks on Trump are coming from the White House, these legal attacks. Now it turns out her whole case may be blown up because of her um, malfeasance and bad judgment. What do you make of this, Mark?
2: It's uh, the, the most corrupt place, this Fulton County This is the same county that uh, drummed up charges against Martin Luther King, locked him up, threw away the key. The Kennedys had to rescue him out of that prison, and it's still going on in Fulton County. This – you call him a paramour. (laughs) (laughs) Gary Grant is a paramour. This is no paramour. (laughs) This is uh, is some sleazy boyfriend, but – she pays him 650000 a year. That would make him the highest paid government employee in America. Huh. Even Fauci never put himself on the payroll for that much. Uh, and these two eight-hour meetings with the White House yeah. that he's claiming, uh, if you were – they shouldn't even be briefing the White House. But if you were just briefing him, that's eight minutes. Eight hours is detailed planning. I've never had an eight-hour meeting in my life. And if – If they weren't two eight-hour meetings, then he's defrauded the government with false billing. He should be arrested. And uh, where's the attorney general of Georgia looking into this? He's a Republican. He should be investigating this.
1: Well, you know, uh, on that last point, where's the attorney general? Governor Kemp is starting to look into it. Jim Jordan, chairman of the uh, House Judiciary Committee, is looking into it because, uh, Joe, you know— this guy violated laws regulating the use of public monies, suffer from irreparable conflicts of interest, and have violated the oath of office under the Georgia rules of professional conduct. I mean, this whole thing. And on top of that, there's a huge divorce case where Fannie Willis is, I guess, being called as a witness because she was somebody who brought down the marriage and gave the paramour money who didn't give any money to his wife or ex-wife. I don't know. I can't hardly follow this joke, Honja. It's so complicated.
0: There are no words, right? It's just (laughs) so corrupt. Yes. Oh, I mean. That's the right word. She paid her boyfriend more than $600,000 to try this case. He's never tried a case like this before. He is basically the Georgian version of Better Call Saul, right? He's an (laughs) ambulance chaser, right? (laughs) So. And what what does he do with all this money that his girlfriend pays him? Takes the girlfriend, Bonnie Willis, to the Caribbean on two cruises, ritzy Hotels in Florida, down to Napa Valley. So if this was on the other foot and this was somebody that was investigating a Democratic president, you would see on MSNBC and CNN they'd have to expand their programming to – beyond 24 7 which which is a hard thing to do but that's all they would be talking about how she needs to resign and this case needs to be dropped it's a ridiculous case in the first place a rico case really i mean she's just throwing it out there so it eats up the news cycle so donald trump is in the news not because of his stance on the border or on inflation or on energy and trade but because he is donald trump the defendant that's all this is i don't think she even has any prospects of trying to win the case it's all about just distracting voters from the fact that joe biden is pulling as horribly as as he is and donald trump has the right edge in terms of solutions
1: so that's uh i would extend that because i think what fanny Willis and her boyfriend, the non prosecutor prosecutor who spent all this time in the White House getting coached by Joe Biden's people. This is one of those, Mark, that hurts Joe Biden. And it's just like Joe Biden's stupid, dumbass son who pulled another prank this week in front of the House Oversight Committee and looked so bad and hurt his father so bad that now they had to fold their tent. Abby Lowell's supposed to be such a smart lawyer. It's the dumbest thing I ever saw. And now they're going to go in and he's going to be, uh, depo- he's going to be, uh, what's the right word? They're going to under, he's going to be called before uh, the deposed. committee. And deposed, right. He's going to have to give a deposition under oath. So this stuff's all backfiring. You know, all this legal stuff, it's just backfiring against Joe Biden, Mark.
2: Yeah, I, it was incredibly stupid. Uh, he's going to defy the subpoena. He wasn't going to show up. And then he thought, if I just walk in, poke my head in and leave, they can't claim I defied the subpoena because I was there. It's a dumb technicality that uh, no court would ever uh, declare that answering the subpoena. And then I always hear about this Abby Lowell, what a brilliant lawyer he is. Mm. The fact that he was part of this stupid stunt Dumb. makes me wonder about how brilliant he is you're right uh, you know the trump kids uh, of of vanka i think she did 25 hours in private from the deposition all right uh, don jr did they all did it and gotta so he, go he, he, the first one
1: mark simone and joe concha best of the best thanks kids i'm Cudlow. take a break